This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. Please, may I, with Jesus' joy, invite to the podium the man of God, my senior pastor, Pastor Tola Ototola. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 19. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke chapter 19. Luke 19. And we're going to read from verses 1 to 10. Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. And he could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up to a sycamore tree to see him. For Jesus was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, and he saw him. And said unto Zacchaeus, Make haste, come down, for today I must abide at the house. And Zacchaeus made haste, and he came down, and Jesus received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, That it was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I Give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said to him, This day salvation come to this house. For as much as he also is the son of Abraham, for the Son of Man is come to seek that and save that which was lost. Shall we pray? Father, this morning the entrance of your word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. We ask by your spirit, you will lighten our paths, O Lord. And also by the same spirit, you will give us understanding. Anoint me afresh, Almighty God, to speak your word with simplicity and with boldness. That at the end of today's meeting, we'll have a testimony that we have met with you. Thank you, everlasting Father. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Come on, let's say better. Amen. This afternoon, I'll be talking about what I call... I am crossing the line. Somebody say, I'm crossing the line. Many years ago, I went to an interview at a secondary school in Ibadan. And after the common entrance, we were asked to write another exam. And when we finished, we were told that some of us would pass the exams, and then those that didn't pass the second exam were asked to go home. And I was one of those that passed the exam. In writing the common entrance, there were only two schools that I wrote that I wanted to go to. One was in Lagos, called Batch Freeman, and the other one was in Ibadan. I'd made up my mind that it's either of those two 
or nothing. So when the bash free man came, I changed my mind. I said I wasn't going. So I set my goal on Loyola. I'm going somewhere. So as soon as we finished, they called everybody together. And they said, everyone that went to Mary Hill Convent School. Was that the school you went? Yeah, I know him. Long way back. Said they should come. Now, if you go to that school, you are one of the few privileged. Because it's not a school for, we are still begging God. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, so, they said they were admitted. And then they asked the next question. They said, if you are a Catholic, come to this side. I found out that my chances of getting to this school was being eroded away. So, I walked over. Now, my mom was for 67 years a Muslim and I was raised by a single mother. But there was one other guy who lived in my neighborhood and he knew that I wasn't a Catholic. So he looked at me. I didn't say anything. I was 13 years old. The Reverend Father looked at me and he came towards me. He said, are you a Catholic? I said, yeah. He said, what's your baptism and name? Earlier, before the exams, we had gone to the chapel to pray. And I saw St. Benedict. I said, I'm Benedict. He said, that's okay. I looked at that young man that lived in my neighborhood. I said, I'm in. <laughs> Don't judge me by the morality of what I did at 13. But I'm trying to make a point. Because I realized that if I didn't do something at 13, I could not afford to go back home and tell my single mother, parent, that I wasn't admitted. I had passed the first exam. I had passed the second exam. This third one, I decided to pass it myself. Is anybody hearing me today? Somebody say, I will cross the line. In life, there will always be lines drawn for you. If it's not drawn in church, your spouse might draw the line for you. Your children might draw the line for you. Because for everyone that wants to be great in life, there has to be a point in your life that you will make up your mind to cross the line. Somebody say, I will cross the line. In the story we read, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. Not because he was looking for money. But he wanted to see him for who he is. And the Bible says that he was a short man. But there were many people around him that could not help him to see. And Zacchaeus made up his mind that he was going to cross the line. Hallelujah. Zacchaeus did not cry about the disadvantage in life. Like many people cry. As if crying can get you to where you want to get to. After you are done crying, you better rise up and do something about your life. Is anybody hearing me today? Zacchaeus said, I will not cry or complain about my stature. 
Because this, I can't do anything about it. He said, but there's something I can do about it. And that is what? I will rise up. And he went up a sycamore tree. And the Bible says, as he went there, Jesus passed that place and he looked at him. There are five or six points that I want to share with you today. If you are going to cross in line, the line in life. The number one thing that you need to know is that you must be convinced that you are not where you need to be. I repeat that. You must be convinced that you are not where you need to be. People can pray for you. <laughs> but if you don't believe that where you are is not where you ought to be, the prayer will just be shouting alone. He was sure that where he was, there is no way he could have seen Jesus. Hallelujah. As long as you keep on making excuses for where you are, you can't move on in life. Because there are some of us, we make excuses for where we are. Oh, the reason why I'm here is so so and so. Because I don't have the right education. Because I don't speak the way everybody speaks. Because I don't do this. Please, can you drop the excuses and begin to do something about your life? Praise the Lord. Many are stuck today in the same place. Because we do not realize that where we are is not where we ought to be. Zacchaeus knew that where he was, if he was going to see Jesus, there is no way he would have seen him. The Joseph's children said to Elisha in Joshua 17, Joshua 17 verses 14 to 17, they said to him, they said, we are a great people. He said, but this place where you have given us, this lot you have given us is not due to us. Why? Because we are better than this. And Joshua looked at them. He said that if you are a great people, then do something about your situation. It's time for you and I to start complaining and do something about our lives. Is anybody hearing me today? Joshua challenged them that they should do something about their situation. The Bible says concerning Abraham in Genesis 13. Genesis 13 from verses 14 to 17. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lord has separated from him, he said, lift your eyes now and look from where you are. Northward, southward, eastward and westward. He said, all the land which you see. I will give to your descendants forever. He said, I will make your descendants as the dust of the heart, so that no man could number the dust of the heart. Then your descendants also shall not be numbered. He said, arise and walk in the land through his length and his breadth. And God said, I will give to you. There is nothing for you and I to be afraid of. Constantly, you need to check your lives, even though life is a journey. And say, where I am right now in the journey of life, am I where I'm supposed to be? Number two, Zacchaeus did something about his own analysis. Many of us, we analyze so much that we tend to do nothing about it. Somebody said that too much analysis leads to paralysis. And you need to be careful. It's one thing to analyze your life and your situation. But it's another thing for you to take action. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, I am better than this. In Luke 19, verse 4, Zacchaeus ran up to a sycamore tree. How did he run? Because I look at Zacchaeus. He's a tax collector. I want to liken him today to a customs officer. He has made so much money. Because when the Bible does not give us some things, you can think about it and just use your mind. The Bible said that he's a short man. And I thought that if he's a short man and he has made so much money, and most of the money that he made, they were not genuine. He must have been the kind of man that may be a little bit overweight. So, you can imagine somebody who is short 
and is a bit overweight. How did he climb up the tree? He ran, not thinking about himself falling down. He ran because he was thinking about what he wanted to achieve. Too many times we ask the question, Pastor, if I do this business, what if it does not work? It's the wrong question to ask. Ah, it's the wrong question. What if it works and you never attempted it? Is anybody hearing me today? Somebody say, I will cross the line. There are four men in Mark chapter 2. Four men in Mark chapter 2 from verses 1 to 5. They brought a friend of theirs. And the Bible says that there were so many people that there was no room at the door. And these guys, they said to themselves, if we cannot climb or if we cannot go through the door, then we can go up to the roof. They were not afraid of their own lives. They were not afraid of the life of the man they were carrying. And the Bible says that they carried this man and they went up to the roof. How did they do it without the man falling? Everybody was at the door. And many would have said, there's no point. Draw room is filled. We can't get a place to go through the main sanctuary. But this man said that there are so many people at the door, but there are fewer people on the mountaintop. I will go to the mountaintop and will do something about it. No wonder Jesus saw them. And he said, my God, what kind of great faith is this? Because I've never seen anything like this before. Listen to me, brethren. No matter how bad things might look, if you make up your mind, you will cross the line, you will do something about your situation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They did something. The prodigal son looked at himself. In Luke chapter 15, from verse 17 to 20, he said, how many hired servants of my father eat this kind of meal? He said, I will do something. He said, I will do what? I will arise. Somebody say, I will arise. Come on, say it one more time. The guy arose. If he had stayed there, he would have continued to eat pig's meal. But the man made up his mind. He said, I will not sit down here and eat this kind of meal. He said, I will still arise. Even if my father says, you can go away and become one of the servants. He said, it's still a better chance. Praise the Lord. You must do something different with your marriage. Do something different with your finances. The rigidity of mind has no antidote. You must be so flexible that when life throws a curve at you, your mind must be clear that you must find a way to get out of it. Why? Because I want to cross the line. Number three. Zacchaeus did not only cross the line by climbing the sycamore tree. He added value to himself. Whenever you add value to yourself or to people around you, your value and your worth will increase. There are too many people who are shouting lack of promotion. But if you ask them what kind of value do you have or do you bring to the table, they have none. In the church I pass up by God's grace, I tell people there, I said if you have not been in church for four weeks and nobody Notice that you are not around. Maybe you are not adding any value. And please, don't come and tell anybody, how come you didn't ask for me? If you are adding value, the first Sunday you are away, we will have known you are not there. Am I making sense to somebody here? Why? Because once you add value to people around you, once you add value to yourself, there is no way that you will not be promoted. Praise the Lord. In Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10, from verses 47 to 49, Oh, blind Bartimaeus had value to himself. 
Because he looked around and he knew Jesus was passing through a place. And the Bible says that he began to cry. And said, Jesus, son of David. He said, have mercy on me. And the more people told him to keep quiet, the more he shouted. Because he said something concerning himself. If I don't have eyes to see, I have mouth, at least I can shout. Because in shouting, that was what got the attention of Jesus Christ. He added value to himself. So that Jesus stayed and he said, who is that? They said, it's blind Bartimaeus. He said, bid him come. Praise the Lord. As a young man in our church, came to me several years ago. And said, Pastor, they've asked me in my place of work to name my prize so that I will not leave the company. So I asked him, how much are you earning? And he told me. And I said to him, go and ask them for half a million dollars a year. And he looked at me. He said, Pastor T, half a million dollars, that's a lot of money. I said, whose money? Who's complaining? Somebody gave you a blank check and you are not going to call them to order? Oh my goodness. I said, tell them you want half a million dollars. So he left. A few weeks after, <laughs> I, I saw him in the corridor. I said, hey, how far? He said, Pastor, no foul. Uh, I said, what happened? He said, they gave me $350,000. I said, how much did you ask for? He said, I asked for $350,000. At that time, he was earning $250,000. But in his mind, he thought that the best they could give him was 100000 extra. The only reason anybody will give you a blank check is because you add value. So if somebody knows your value and says that name your price and will give it to you and you are so timid that you cannot, I will ask Pastor T to slap you. Is anybody hearing me today? Let me tell your neighbor you must add value to people. Hallelujah. The more value you add, the more people are able to give back you. I believe in prayer but I also believe that you need to do what you need to do. Why? Because Proverbs 21.31 says Proverbs 21.31 says the horse is prepared for the day of battle He said but the deliverance is of the Lord. Oh Bible says that Paul plants and Apollo waters He said but there is a God that gives increase. Praise the Lord Adding value was what made Joseph to be the prime minister of Israel If he did not add any value Nobody will have offered him that position. Let me tell your neighbor one more time. Say, add value to people. Number four. Number four. In the same verse four, the Bible says that Zacchaeus ran up to that sycamore tree. What did he do? He thought ahead of others and he was creative. If you are going to go far in life, you have to learn how to think ahead of others. Is anybody hearing me? Nobody taught me that thing at 18. But I knew that if I waited in that place long enough, I might not get admission to that school. So I decided to do something about it. I don't know how many people were there on that day that did the same thing I did. I don't know. But I know that I was the only one the, past, I mean, the Reverend Father came to. By the way, guess my middle name right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My father asked me one day, he said, who gave you Benedict? I said, I gave myself. <laughs> But I didn't tell him the story. <laughs> I said I gave myself the name. What am I saying? You must think ahead of others. If you are the last one that got the joke in the room, the joke is on you. It's on you. Hallelujah. Growing up, uh, every time we wash plates, it's always a challenge for me. Because there was no running water in our house. And we had to go to the public tap 
to fetch water. Uh, it, it was with the bucket. How many people can remember bucket? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I didn't say uh, bucket, bucket. You know, the steel one, right? Pale. Pale is the right one. Thank you. Now, if you go, it takes an average of two hours to get the water in a public town. And when it's your turn, because there are many bullies in town, one of them might show up and just say, take away your pill. And he'll put his own there. And then he will draw a line for you. Because, <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. <laughs> if you want to challenge anybody to a fight, growing up for me, we'll draw a line. And we'll say, if your mom is really your mom, cross the line. Is anybody hearing me now? I wish I can show you my legs so that you can see the marks of Jesus that I got on my legs. Why? Because of a pale fight. What am I saying? So when you think of that, you don't want to be the one washing the dishes in our house. There were nine of us. And we had cousins that were living with us. By the time you get back, the plate is so dry. And then you have to soak it. Oh, I, I know some people don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. How many people understand what I'm talking about now? Okay, okay, okay. You are looking so posh. Okay, this is the throne room. I mean, if I said this in America, they would not understand. I'm saying this in Abuja, and I'm still wondering. How many people understand what I'm talking about here? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'm not the only one. So I called a meeting of all my brothers. I said, we must find a solution to this. How do we wash dishes? So I said something. I said, can I give an example or a suggestion? They said, yeah. I said, whosoever eats last or finishes their food last will wash the dishes. And everybody bought into it. That was when I learned to eat with ten hands. I'll be eating like this. (laughs) Is anybody hearing me? I have this brother of mine. Please don't tell him when you see him. He was always the last one. And he was always the one washing the dishes. What am I saying? If you are going to go far in life, you must be the first to think about it. Look at the telephones we use today. Somebody created the rotary phone. But look at the kind of phone we have right now. They are so smart that if you forget them at home, you will go back to pick them up. Why? Because they help us in our daily affairs. And yet, it was someone that sat down and said we can improve on this. You also can sit and think of something. Because when you do that, you will realize that your greatness is closer to you than before. How do I know that? Genesis 30. Jacob said to Laban, he said, I want the salary. The wages of everything I've done for you. And the man said, name your wages. And the Bible said that he said, let me have every speckled animal or dotted animals. And Laban looked at all his animals. And he said, I don't have any here. Even the few ones that he had, he took them away. And he thought that he had caught the man in the trap. But the man was going somewhere. You and I know what he did. He pulled the rope. I mean, the, the, the rod. And he dotted the rods, and he was giving them water to drink. That tells me that the more you look at something, the more it enters you. And the more they looked at it, the more they had speckles. And that was why the man was able to get away from Laban. He was the one to think about it, but Laban was not thinking about it. Whenever you think about something first in life, there's no way you will not cross the line. Somebody say, I will cross the line. In Genesis 15, verse 5. The Bible says that then God brought Abraham outside and said, look now towards heaven 
and count the stars. If you are able to number them, he says, so shall your descendants be. It's time to get out of the tent. It's time to get out of the tent. When you stay long enough in the tent, the best you can see is the roof. But when he took him outside, he saw the world waiting for him. Stop looking at issues based on your perspective alone. You must be able to have a larger heart and say there must be a way to solve this problem. There must be a way to deal with this issue. You think your problems are larger than life. No, 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 they are not, they are not. If only you can get out of the tent, you'll be able to see another perspective. Let me tell your neighbor, please get out of the tent. Number five, number five. In Luke 19 verse 8, Zacchaeus put his life in order. If you are going to go far in life, you must put your life in order. He said to Jesus, Lord, look, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false acquisition, I restore fourfold. Hmm. First Corinthians 14.40 says, let all things be done in decency and in order. Please, until we put our lives in order, God does not bless disorderliness. Is anybody hearing me? In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible says that the earth was without form or void. And then gross darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Holy Spirit went and was hovering around the face of the earth. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Until the Holy Spirit put things in order, light could not come. Many areas in our lives that there is darkness, it is because of lack of order. If you beat your life so much, Without any other, your body will complain and deal with you. If I eat so much without proportion, my body will speak back with high blood pressure. If you beat down your life without order, your bones will send a message to you. If you spend money without order, your bank account will send red back to you. So everything you and I do in life, you must put your life in order. Is anybody hearing me? Oh, say, Pastor T, but how do you know that? In Ezekiel 37, in Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel looked at all the bones and it says that they were really dead and they were dry indeed. But God said that, speak to the bones. And he began to speak. And at a point he spoke and the Bible says that the bones that appeared dead, they got up and they came together, bones to bone. Silence to silence, and they made so much noise, and they became a great army. Until they came together and put themselves in order, they could not become a great army. Please, there are so many of us here that your destiny is so bright, but what you need is to put your life in order. Let me tell your neighbor, put your life in order. Oh, Elijah, in 1 Kings chapter 18, 1 Kings chapter 18, from verses 30 to 35, the Bible says that there had not been rain for three and a half years. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, he said, call on your God. And the one that answers by fire, he said, that one will be God. And the Bible said that they caught themselves. They shouted. They did everything. But there was no fire. But when Elijah got there, or Elijah got there rather, what did he do? The Bible says that he put the altar back to order. God is more than willing to answer your prayer and my prayer. If only we can put our lives in order. Somebody said, I'll put my life in order. And finally, if you are going to cross the line, you must improve your confidence. You must do what? 
Hebrews 10, 35. Hebrews 10, 35. Say, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has a great word, reward. Zacchaeus ran up the tree. When Jesus got there, he looked up. Have you ever wondered why did he look up? He had so much confidence in himself that he wasn't thinking about falling down, but he ran up. And when you do something like that, you will get noticed in life. You will get noticed. Hallelujah. When you lose a job, or you've gone through a divorce, or a terrible marriage, or you've failed many times, you can lose confidence in yourself. If you used to prosper and succeed in everything you lay your hands upon, and suddenly there's a tide and a turning event of life, you begin to lose confidence in yourself. If you are the head of the household, you used to provide for your family, but now you are struggling, you will lose confidence in yourself. Is anybody hearing me? I know our confidence is in Christ, but he also has given us a measure of his spirit. Because if you lose your confidence, it is difficult to stand before kings and make your case before them. Praise the Lord. In 1 Samuel 17, David spoke about his ability to kill the lion and the bear. And the brothers told him, they said, what's your problem? Why have you come here? Because of the naughtiness of your heart. Where did you keep all the sheep? And the boy said, is that not the cause? He was so young, but then he had so much confidence. Many years ago, I went for an interview. <laughs> Uh, they had sent out the invitation letter a month earlier. But because I just married then, I had moved homes. And there was no forwarding address. Even if there was, where will they bring it? You know. So, a month later, I got the letter. And I took a shot. I said, let me go to the company. And when I got there, the secretary to the big guy said to me, oh, by now they will have picked somebody else that um, you are coming one month late. I said to her, I think, or I don't think it's your business to stop me from seeing the boss. Why don't you tell him somebody is there because of the interview letter? Let him decide whether he wants to see me or not. And the lady said, oh, you don't get it. They've concluded the interview. As we were speaking, the boss came out of the room. And I told him, I said, excuse me, sir. He said, I've been waiting here to see you but this lady will not allow me to see you. And the man said, have we met before? I said, no. I said, but you sent a letter to me. This is your signature. I just got it. The man said, but we sent it out a month ago. I said, I just got it. He looked at me. He said, can you do the interview now? I said, why not? Don't forget I'm talking about, don't cast away your confidence. So we started the interview. Unknown to me, they had been interviewed for over a month. And they've not gotten who they were looking for. And the man started questioning me. And I was answering. But at one point, he asked a question. He said, where do you see yourself in five years? In this company. At that time, I knew I got the job. Then I asked him. I said, in five years, I will have taken your job. <laughs> so that sounds arrogant. No. The people that know they are God shall be strong and do exploits. I'm not talking arrogance here. If you are the person I report to directly and I'm here for five years, 
unless I've not done anything, I should be sitting in your chair. Because you are my next line of promotion. You, in my mind now, you can be transferred, you can be fired, or you can be promoted, but in five years, I will have taken no liar will go to heaven. I just wanted to know what I'm saying is the truth. The man looked at me. He said, you are the one I've been looking for. I did not know that the company had told him because he was going to be transferred out of the country. And they said, look for a replacement. And here was I, one month later. If you are going to cross the line in life, listen to me. You need a measure of confidence. Don't get used to failure. Because failure is an orphan. Listen to me, church. I told him, I said, I will be. I will have taken over your job. In two years, he was able to release himself. And I sat on his chair. Now, you know the story now. The lady that refused me is now my secretary. Is anybody hearing me today? Every child of those who have rejected you, they are coming back to ask for help from you. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said they are coming back to ask for help from you. I called her for a meeting. I said, you remember two years ago? She said, yeah. I said, you remember that you almost made me to lose this job? She said, yes. I said, now if I fire you, what's going to happen? She said, but we are now, we are both Christians. Rise on your feet. Come on, rise on your feet. Rise on your feet. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org You are highly lifted, highly favored. Thank you.